Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. is up fight fans we welcome you into another edition of inside boxing live dan canovio your host for the next 48 minutes of canelo alvarez caleb plant talk fight week is finally here one of the bigger fights on the 2021 boxing schedule and we got a big one planned for you today we got barack bess from the zone boxing show he's covered a lot of canelo's fights uh, he's got some interesting takes on Canelo's career, where he's at now, how how far Canelo has come since those days of Canelo weight at 155 pounds, uh, his two fights with, with Golovkin as well. So I really enjoyed the conversation with Barack Bess uh, from the Barack and Ox show. And then Lee Groves of CompuBox, noted boxing historian, my colleague uh, at CompuBox and a big part of our operation is going to throw a lot of numbers out, a lot of stats. Uh, if you're looking to bet on the fight, maybe this will lean one way for you, uh, whether it's Caleb Plant's uh, accuracy numbers or his d- defense numbers or just Canelo Alvarez, how he just absolutely beats up on fighters taller than six foot. Really good stuff uh, from Lee Grove. So those are our two guests this week, Brock Bess and Lee Gross. Well, fight week is here. Uh, Canelo fi- uh, is by far uh, uh, the biggest star in the sport. And we're going to see something in this fight that we have not been able to see in a while for Canelo Alvarez. And that is the true gauge of his star power. His last couple of fights have been on the zone. Uh, and as we know, the zone is a streaming service. They are pretty private with their numbers. They, the zone will tell you that, you know, X amount of subscribers uh, have, have, you know, logged on and bought the zone for Canelo fights, but we never actually saw it. So now with a pay-per-view, with Showtime behind it, with an intriguing uh, opponent in Caleb Plant, with history on the line, we're going to see the gauge uh, of Canelo's star power if that is something that you care about. I know that there are people that do not care about the business side of things. There are others that just want to see fights. There are people that care about both. I'm somewhere in the middle of that where I'm interested in the type of pay-per-view numbers it does. I just want it to be a good fight. I want it to be a clean, decisive fight. Uh, I want to see a, I don't want any controversy. We don't need any of these judging snafus. Adelaide Bird, please stay far, far away. Uh, from Las Vegas, but that is the big fight this weekend over on ESPN on Friday night. Michaela Mayer uh, is headlining a fight. So if you're in Vegas, want to check out a fight on Friday night, or if you're, uh, you know, watching from home and, and you want to uh, your boxing fix on Friday night, there's a pretty good card over on, uh, on ESPN. We saw some good fights last weekend. And another fight was just made uh, this week as we headed in Canelo Alvarez fight week, uh, not Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. I'm talking about Jojo Diaz and Devin Haney. In the 135-pound division, I love this fight uh, for a number of reasons. You take a look at Jojo Diaz. He is the WBC lightweight champion uh, on paper or, or on by email. And he now is putting together a very good 2021. You know, uh, c- compared to his contemporaries, you can make a case that out of him, Tank, Ryan Garcia, and Tifimo Lopez, Devin Haney's fighting the best talent. You know, he's fighting Jojo Diaz and Jorge Linares. And if you look at it from Jojo Diaz's standpoint, so much emphasis is put on Tank, 
uh, so much emphasis put on uh, Tiafimo and Ryan Garcia and Haney that we kind of forget that Jojo Diaz is a lightweight guy that's that's is going to make his own uh, name for himself. With a win, he's now the WBC champion. He calls the shots, uh, and especially over there with Golden Boy. That's a good uh, and a huge opportunity for Jojo Diaz. That's going to be either December 3rd or December 4th. So we're going to have Tiafimo Lopez and George Camposos on November 27th at the Garden and the following week on the zone as well. We're going to have Devin Haney and uh, Jojo Diaz. So uh, Matchroom USA's demise uh, is, is put on pause. Some people out there were, were wondering about that. But let's get into our guests. Our first guest here on the show is Barack Bess of the DAZN Boxing Show. All right, let's bring our guest this week. He is a friend of mine. He is a friend of boxing. He is one half of the Barack and Ock tag team that you can see every single week over on the zone you can also catch him on fight day or fight night on broadcast does a little bit of everything for the zone and i'm pumped to have you here barack it's a long time coming you're inside boxing live debut we're usually talking boxing like off the record now we got you on camera man what's good how you doing yes, sir i'm good man great man thank you well you finally got enough money to afford me and so i'm here <laughs> Your check is in the mail. Uh, do, you, do you accept Venmo? Because, uh, you know, we might have to get it out to the West Coast. And now you've left New York and you're a West Coast guy now, right? Uh, no, I'm both. I'm both. But uh, recently I've been in New York a, a lot more. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Bi-coastal. That's how big you are now, man. I remember that this is 50 days. And now you're bi-coastal. Wow. Wow. I appreciate you knowing that, though. Thank you. <laughs> I, I know everyone's start. And uh, it's, it's great to see you shine. Uh, you bring a lot of level-headed takes to the to fight game. And this is why I want to have you on, because I like to think of myself as the same way. Uh, big fight coming up this weekend. Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant, uh, Showtime pay-per-view. Uh, I know you're headed out there for the fight. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But I do want to talk about some other items that are in the boxing headlines. And there's none bigger right now than Tank Davis and what we thought was going to be his fight with Roly, uh, Rolando Romero. That fight is not happening. We know what's going on with Romero. And if you don't, uh, a lot of sexual assault allegations, eight women and counting. PBC has pulled the plug. Showtime pulled the plug. Kudos to them because you've probably seen this. There is a lot of toxicity in, in the boxing world. There's a lot of things that boxing fans, uh, the boxing industry will turn a blind eye to in order to keep the, the show must go on t- sort of attitude but that can't happen these days that can't happen here that can't happen with this type of fight so kudos to showtime kudos to pbc for pulling the plug on roly romero yeah absolutely um but in the beginning though when i first heard it i was like you got to be careful with stuff like this because in reality things start off like you get a twitter charge mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and, and just because of a twitter charge you would hope that you don't lose the biggest payday of your life but when you when you talk about the uh, Las Vegas police getting involved and, and doing an actual open investigation, you gotta respect Showtime for doing that. You gotta respect Showtime for for stopping you know the fight of one of their biggest stars, Javante Davis. You know what I mean? And, and showing that you can't do you can't be aligned with foolishness like this and represent our brand. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like I, you yeah. said, kudos to them. Yeah, I mean you can. You, you can just say, listen, we're taking Romero out of this fight. He's going to go through the legal uh, procedures. If he, if his name is cleared, who knows? He'll be back and he can fight. But if they went through with this and then more allegations came out and, and more things that you're able to prove, 
and then it just looks it looks really bad on Showtime's 100%. part. So, no brainer, a no brainer, and it's not like fans were like craving a this Roly Romero Javante Davis fight. It was a fight that was made because the guy could talk, he could punch a little bit. It was gonna sell. Uh, we know uh, that Javante Davis hasn't fought the the top opposition uh, just yet, but as we know uh, from Mike Coppinger reporting. Uh, that looks like Isaac Cruz is going to step in, but I just want to say hats off. I, I mean, it's like boxing's the red light district. You know this, and it, it's there's so many things. It's like, well, Javante Davis has his own criminal past, and you know a lot of fighters aren't aren't saints, but you know you have to stop the line somewhere. You have to draw the line somewhere. So uh, that's good on boxing. Uh, I'm happy to. I'm proud to to be a boxing fan or in, in the boxing media to see them do the right thing. So Isaac Pitbull Cruz. Uh, as reported by Mike Coppinger, is going to step in. And this is a guy who's ranked in the top 10 in uh, in, in every rankings. That, that means something. IBF, uh, TBR rankings. Uh, a guy that throws a lot of punches, close to 60 around. A lot of a good body attack. I think this is actually a better fight. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a better fight. I mean, especially for Javante Davis's legacy. You know, I mean, the Roley fight, the reason why we were all giving it a pass is for what? Because he was, we wanted somebody to shut him up. You know what I'm saying? That's basically what it was. We we like, all right, please, we'll, we'll let you go knock this guy out. But after that, yes. you got to start fighting some guys we want to see. And 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 this is that guy. He's a natural 135 pounder, but he's but he's smaller, so he's a little bit more compact. Hence the name Pitbull. You know what I mean? So I think for his record in general, yes, this is a better fight. Yeah, throw 60 punches around. Uh, he's going to come at Davis, and I love these types of matchups. Yes. Like a, a pressure fighter versus the power guy. We've seen this all the time. Like, I would love to see if he's going to throw 60 around against a guy that is a, a, probably one of the best counter punchers or in the top five counter punchers in, in Javante Davis. That's going to be interesting. And you're right about the legacy of Javante, and I have to laugh, and I have to, you know, I'm on Twitter all the time, and, and for the last weekend, uh, since we've kind of figured that Roley was going to be out of this fight, it was trying to come up like, oh, I want to see Progray fight him. I want to see Haney fight him. I want to see uh, Gary Russell Jr. I mean, obviously, yes, I would love to see that. But we know how this business works. We know what, like with, with uh, Ellerby and, and Mayweather, their plan is pretty set in stone. Like, we're not really going to test him just yet. We're going to line his our pockets where he's going to sell out arenas, which is a great thing, which is hard to do. And he's going to win and he's going to he's going to it's going to be entertaining. It is what it is at this point, which is strange to me, because I know Mayweather has always said, I want to put my guys in there with tough guys the same way I came up. And that and that's always been his thing. So and it's funny because why do that with Tank when Tank is super skillful, super powerful? Does he really need to be tested anymore? He's he's awesome. Like he he passed my eye test years ago. The guy is great, and and I think he can hang in there. If not, beat everybody. Who knows? You know what I mean. But we'd like to see, you know. And Isaac Cruz, yes, compared to uh, Roley is great. But obviously, we want to see him there with, with other guys. Yeah, he's a real lightweight Cruz. He's not like a, a blown up featherweight like uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, he's not, uh, he's a little bit more, eh, I don't know, but Barrios was, I feel like was such an uh, isolated fight. It was like, I don't see t uh, tank going to 140 again anytime soon. So that was just, a, that was a strange fight right there too. And how do you think, I mean, what do you think about that win though? You think that was a good win? I thought that was a great win. Mario yeah, I, do. I do. I do think it is a, it's a thing where, you know, Ellerby tweets at me a lot. He, I made one clumsy tweet where I said that tank kind of said like tank, 
isn't elite just yet because he hasn't fought elite opposition. He has the elite skill set. Uh, that's yeah. without a doubt. His elite power. Yeah. You can erase everything. You can you can just erase all doubts if you put him in with another elite fighter and then he wins. Because I'm with you. I think the guy is a pound for pound type of talent. We just haven't seen it thus far because he's you know, they have they found the loophole. <laughs> they're, they're able to, to sell out arenas. They're able to uh, get decent pay-per-view numbers. And that's what they're going to do. And like even with Floyd, like you said, it's not like Floyd before Floyd was money Mayweather. He was pretty boy Floyd and he was had big wins over Diego Corrales. He had big wins over Gennaro Hernandez. Like, I just don't know where to, it's just a, he's such a lightning rod tank. But I do think the Barrios win was was a good win. Uh, you know, he showed moments where he was vulnerable to power. Any guy that can walk that tightrope that Tank does, where he doesn't throw a lot of punches, he loses rounds based off just sheer inactivity of just not throwing, but just has so confident in that power, especially late in fights. That, to me, is one of the most exciting types of styles you can have. Yeah, and and a lot of times he's not losing because that fighter is a, a much better fighter than him. He's losing trying to set things up and just taking that risk. Right. And I love it. <laughs> right. And that's just like what Jamel Charlo does. And it's just like what Canelo does. It's a similar, right. it's a, it's a style that I don't think a lot of trainers would teach because no right. one has, not a lot of fighters have that equalizer, that, that one punch power that Canelo has, that Jamel Charlo has, uh, the Wilder uh, has mm-hmm. a, as well, throws, doesn't throw a lot of punches, and and that's Tank. So Tank versus Isaac Cruz, uh, December. Uh, we're still, we just got into November. Some great fights coming up this month. Every single weekend. Every if weekend. A, if you got a significant other, Friday and Sunday is is your is your night to do something. Because Saturday night, if you're a true boxing fan, you got to come out. Yeah. And but just this past week, I'm gonna get your thoughts on Boots Ennis before we get to Canelo. Uh, this guy's, I think he's he's worth all the hype. Uh, I, I don't think just yet. Yeah, let's pump the brakes on on Bud. Let's pump the brakes on Spence. But I would he's he, he would give any Walter Reed, uh problems. A hundred percent. I say, like I said this actually earlier today. There's other fights with the champions that are currently champion now that we want to see. I don't really want Boots in there messing that up right about now. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Whether he can beat them or not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I just want to see those guys who've been there for a while now contend with each other. That's a very bring the boots in, bring boots in, bring guys like that in. You know what I mean? And 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 that's that's just how I want to see it. But but as far as performance, I mean, look what he did to Lippinets. You know, uh, uh, and then the law made a, a real 147 pounder who had a decent fight against Jesse Vargas. He destroyed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's ever done that to him before, yeah. you know, first round. So he, he's already proven himself. Uh, I, I think there's other fights out there for him. If anything, I can see him fighting Ugas. Mm-hmm. But now Ugas, unfortunately, because of the WBA, has to, you know, prove his worth again. Meanwhile, he just beat Pacquiao. It's Insane. absurd. It's Insane. it's like I was just had boots on last week and he understands it. He goes, I had to wait my turn, which goes to your point of, listen, l- let's get the got the fights we haven't seen yet, because there are a few we haven't seen at, at Walter. He understands that he has to to, to kind of, you know, wait his turn and his road is going to be the eliminators. He is already ranked pretty highly in the WBA, IBF. He can fight Butiev, who just won this past weekend against James. Like, uh, we could still, like, hype up Boots a little bit. But just when you go with the eye test, I mean, he's so quick, has so much power. Stop yeah. the guy like DeLorme, who, we, yes, he is past it, but hadn't been stopped, DeLorme, since 2015. And that was by Terrence Crawford. Yeah. So, I mean, That's Boots has saying. it all. Boots has it all. Right. And, and this, man, listen, Boots really has it. And you know what's crazy? 
he's never he hasn't even really shown what he has. You know, because he's actually a very, very skillful boxer who can mm-hmm. switch hit. He doesn't really have to show you, you know, because he's just been that dominant. It's kind of like he reminds me of Errol Spence. You know, we thought Errol Spence was just walk him down, rock him, yeah. sock him guy who gets hit here and there. Hell no. Yeah. He has a lot to his game, and he showed that yeah. with with different and better opponents. And I think Boots is the same way. No, you're right. But Spence, there's so many similarities between him and Spence. And this is what I brought up to him last week. It's like Spence was the boogeyman at one time. Like 2015, 2016, everyone was talking about like Triple G or something. And I would be like to my friends, oh, yeah, you like Triple G. But let me tell you about this guy named Boots. I mean, let me tell you about this guy named Spence. That's what it is Spence. now with Boots. Yeah. And, and right. the same thing with Spence is like he was calling out guys. We thought he was ready to take on some of the champs at the time. But, you know, no one wanted to get in the ring with him because there wasn't it just didn't make sense. And there's a lot of similarities. And you're right. There's a lot of facets of Boots's game that we I think we're going to see. Same thing with Spence, not just the brawler. Look, what we did with Mikey uh, Garcia. OK, main event time. Right. It's time to get to the main event. Canelo plant. Big one over on Showtime. Oh, man, just tell me why you think that this won't be a Canelo blowout. Oh, man. Well, you got somebody in there first that's that's not showing fear. Uh, That's one. And that's a big thing in boxing. People don't understand. You know, uh, you you can lose a fight before you get in there. You know, just reading the accolades of somebody, reading their press and and believing that. And And I think that knowing Caleb Plant for a while, He'll outwork you before you get in the ring, and then he'll outwork you in the ring. He's that kind of guy. He, I, I, he trains with Larry Wade, and Larry mm-hmm. Wade is a, a stern trainer. He's a stern trainer, and if you look at the guys he trained, these guys are all workhorses. Badu Jack, Sean Porter, all monsters. You know, like work ethic is ridiculous. And Larry Wade will tell you that he outworks everybody. You know, he's that kind of guy. So that's the kind of guy that Canelo's facing. Finally, somebody who is in their prime, young, natural 168-pounder. Benavidez says otherwise. (laughs) But he's always been way bigger than Canelo, put it that way. And he's fast. He has great punch placement. He has accuracy. He's just just an all-around good fighter. He just doesn't have you know, a whole lot of pop, but he has enough to keep boxers honest. Yeah. That's the one thing that's really drawn me back from fully believing in plan. Right. And I believe in, in everything. Like you said, the mentality, this guy mm-hmm. eat it, breathes it, sleeps it. I believe it. I believe that he that got he a chip on that. his shoulder. Oh man. He has yeah. a chip on his shoulder. Like, like they're not allowing him to fight. He's like that kid that <laughs> nah, we don't let you play. And he's like, oh, <laughs> wait till yeah. I come back. Yeah. You know seriously. I mean? That's you know, him. Already, already is a world champion, undefeated, still has that chip, which is, is great. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't deny that. The things that and when it, you get to the next level is getting into the ring and actually, you know, executing. The thing with the power you brought up, there's two things that I think you need to beat Canelo at this point. It's volume and it's power. And Plant doesn't really, not known for either. He's got decent pop. Like you said, he's more about placement than he is power. Volume yeah. is not there. 50 punches around. You got you to gotta beef that up. You got to get up to the 70s, you know, like, like Golovkin did. That's the blueprint to disrupt Canelo. And even that was tough. I mean, people are still debating who won those fights. You got to throw volume at Canelo. You got to hit him with a jab and you got to have power. I just don't think 
that plant has that. But over to Canelo, this is a guy who's peaking. I mean, 31 years old. Uh, there are 72 active champions right now in boxing, and he ranks number one among them in fights with 59, rounds 425, knockouts 38. And he's only 31 years old, and he's peaking. I mean, this guy is on another level. We've seen Canelo grow in skill set. We've seen him grow in size. If, if you would have asked me two and a half, three years ago, if he could beat Caleb Plant, I would say, of course not. Seriously. Maybe three years ago, I would say, uh, matter of fact, I was saying that. I was saying, oh, he don't want to move up and fight Canelo. When he was fighting that 155-pound weight class right. that he invented, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, Canelo weight. Yeah, exactly. That's what we used to all call it. And I would have told you, no, I just seen the progression, man. I, I seen him go from not just a stalker, but a skillful stalker with incredible defense and incredible reflexes. He, he's just amazing. And, and look at that press conference. I mean, that was a little tiny scrap, but that showed a lot. It really showed because when I watched it over and over, I did not see, I did not think a left hand was coming from, from, from Caleb. There's I was no breaking it down too, I bro. I would have got slapped in my face. I was breaking that press conference down too. And that was so, you spend time with this guy, you know, you were, you know, his last couple of fights were with the zone. Uh, we've seen this maturation process and you're so right because just a few years ago, he wasn't getting his just due. Uh, even when he fought triple G, you know, he was looked at as like a prima donna, kind of like a, like a marketing tool. Like, is he really Mexican? Even his own fans, the Mexican fan base wasn't, 100% sold on him because he didn't fight Mexican style. I think it was the right. second Triple G fight where he walked him down. That's when we were like, okay, this guy is legit. He took on more, uh, you know, bigger opponents, you know, middleweight, going to fight Kovalev. I mean, you can't deny it now, but you're right. There was a time three, four, five years ago where you, would, you would, wouldn't be like, uh, this is going to be a blowout against Plant. Let me, let, me, let me just go out on a limb here. This is something I've never said before. I actually just thought about it listening to you just now. And I, and, I, and I thought about it when you said the second Golovkin fight. It was actually the second Golovkin fight that changed this whole trajectory of his career, if you mm -hmm. think about it. And what I think happened, the first fight was a very close fight. Uh, a lot of people, um, maybe even yourself, say that Golovkin won that fight. I do. Um, he gassed out. He gassed out around the fifth round. He's not used to uh, moving back and, and having to move on his feet. First time fighting like that, it's hard to get that much stamina in one camp, right? Mm-hmm. The second fight, I think he didn't just prove himself to those fans who were doubting him. I think he proved himself to himself. Yeah. Because if you think about it, it was right after that he moved up to 168. Now, mind you, he fought Fielding, who is not a killer, but he was still 168 pounds. And now it wasn't too long ago, Canelo, well, he might not have said it, but Oscar would say Canelo's not a full 160 pounder yet. Crazy, you remember, yeah. you remember those things, right? Yeah. Now Canelo has the frame and the size of an act of a 154 pounder. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the 154 pounder guys were bigger than him at that time. Yep. You know what I'm saying? When he was 154 yeah, pounder, yeah, you Trout got, and Lara are bigger. Yeah, heard all of these guys are bigger. Like they're yeah. all bigger than him. Yeah. But you know, he still after that Golovkin fight, I believe he proved himself to himself and went up and fought. Uh, fielding and then jacobs who's a huge middleweight mm -hmm. and then kovalev he just kept saying wow like even eddie Venoso said he's not really a 175 pounder right after kovalev he destroyed callum smith 
Yep. Yildrum, Billy Joe was ridiculous. And then even though Chris Mannix had his <laughs> blind uh, scorecard ridiculous, I can't believe it. But anyway, so Eddie Reynoso went from saying, nah, he's not going to go to 175. That was just an opportunity to like, okay, yeah, we, we're about to fight B-Ball. <laughs> like, right. He just keeps limit. getting better and proving himself to Eddie, himself, and all of us. And I yeah. believe that's what's going on. Well said. And it's, uh, you know, you talk about Caleb Plant has got this ins- insane desire and this mm. insane, uh, you know, motivation. Look at Canelo, man. This guy's got everything. He's a top. I mean, my, my guy, Corey Erdman, just wrote a story this week for Boxing Scene talking about the Hagler line. It's hard to wake up when you, you know, go to sleep in silk pajamas. But that's yeah. what he is. He's the guy right now. He's making the top money. He's He's done it all. It's a Hall of Fame career now, and he still has that drive. And uh, I want to see him continue to fight on for, you know, he says he wants to fight till he's like, you know, 35 or 36. That At that point, he'd get to 70 fights. He can get to almost 500 rounds fall. I mean, that's like rarefied air to go along with all the accolades uh, that we just talked. Last thing before, uh, let's just say he wins. Can I just say one thing? Can I say one thing? Go ahead, man. If he was to fight, let's say for, let's say five more years, let's just say four more years, right? Yeah. And he win the rest of his fights. Mm-hmm. We would probably consider him the best of all time. He, 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 I was thinking about that today. I was thinking he's because he's, he's even up though there. he lost to Mayweather, even though that one lost to Mayweather and he was during Mayweather's era somewhat, because he was young. See, Pacquiao, people are saying, oh, he's the greatest of all time. Some people, but then there's a, a lot of people still saying, well, he got beat by Mayweather. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nine rounds of three. But because he was younger, we can chalk that up with possibly being too young and then after that it was his era to him it would probably mean a lot more to be to surpass chavez be the best Mm. mexican of all time but if you're the best mexican of all time you're getting yourself into to the top 10 and my other guest that's coming on the show is lee groves and we he put pacquiao in the top 20 and i threw that on youtube and you would have made the comments would have made it believe out that i just stomped on pacquiao's legacy by the for the both of us having Pacquiao in the top 20 all time. This is a sport that's 100 years old. <laughs> Being in the top 20 is like the ultimate. It's like better than rarefied air. It's like better than 1%. So No, yeah. it's, it's not the people who don't know the sport and don't know the participants. Right, it's YouTube comments, actually. But, yeah, so if, if you look at Canelo in five years from now, he's got a lot to do. He's got still more to accomplish. Five years from now, seven years from now, he's, he wins every fight. He, he jumps up to 175 again. There's so much left for him to, to accomplish, and that's good for boxing. But let's say, let's say he wins, and what do you think he does next? Does he stay with PBC and fight, you know, Charlo Benavidez? Does he go back to the zone and to see what they have to offer? Maybe better be as maybe be That's a good question. I'm, I would probably lean to going back to the zone fighting um, 175 pounds. I don't know why he wants to fight Bivol. I would rather him fight Beterbiev. Mm-hmm. I think Beterbiev. It's like this. When when he fought Fielding, uh, everyone said, well, why are you not fighting the best guy at 168? And that's and that's Callum Smith. You know what I'm saying? And he came back and fought Callum Smith. But, you know, people complained about that as well because he makes them look bad. Yeah. You know, they, they, they you see what Callum Smith just did to his last opponent. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, I prayed for the guy afterwards. Yeah, it was chilling. You know what I mean? So the, th- the thing is, is that I think Breda Biev has that more intimidation factor, you know, in the sport and he has nothing but knockouts. I just think that would be a better win for him yeah. and kind of like a tailor-made opponent for him. If he can take 
uh, better BF shots. Yeah, we got to see if better BF can get past Marcus Brown. I think that's December oh, 18th. Great fight. Great fight. So yeah. many good fights, man. Uh, what's your f- best favorite fight uh, coming up this November? The one that if you could only watch one, what is it? Is it this weekend? Is it Porter Cro- Crawford? Uh, what do you got? Oh, God. Um, it's a tough question. See, see, those two fights are great. Porter Crawford, very good friends of mine. I mm-hmm. hate that that fight is even happening. But That's like uh, Stevenson it, Herring, like you and Crawford. He hated that that fight. You you hate it because <laughs> these are your buddies. You know exactly. Like, it, it, but it's really good for boxing. Mm-hmm. But but when you're talking about the most meaningful, maybe it would have to be probably Canelo Plant. Yeah, it would have to be Canelo Plant. Now, even though seeing bud fight a pbc fighter has always been something we've always wanted right that's you know a big I mean? part of the fight that's a big part of this the selling point of this fight yeah like that's so that fight is very very close to that yeah it's very very close and if some people said it was it's above that i'm not going to argue them but you're talking about undisputed and in a sport where you got 45 belts mm-hmm. per division yeah. you know what i mean and that's just important that's mm-hmm. very, very important. And in a division where no one's had that yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and that's why I argue people who say that the best aren't fighting the best. There's a couple of best not fighting the best fights that haven't happened. But yeah. there are a lot of best fighting the best. A Porter lot. fighting corporate is the best fighting the best. If right. you had Undisputed in 140, that means the best fought the best. 200 pounds, best fought the best. Yep. 168, the best are fighting the best. The best are actually fighting the best. <laughs> Preach it, my man. Wilder, the best fight in the best. Usyk fighting Joshua, the best fight in the best. Like, we're witnessing the best fight in the best, but you're talking about one fight that's not happening. That's ridiculous. Dude, you're you're preaching it, man. And Crawford is not fighting. Okay, but the best are fighting the best. And and in any era of boxing, there's always fights that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And, 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 And then you look at the Sugar Ray Leonard days, you talk about the four kings. It's only four guys. We got yeah. guys who are as popular today in this time, and we got a lot of them. <laughs> we have Preach a it, lot of them, and we got more networks than ever. This boxing is thriving right now. All we need to do is to wake up those old fans that left the sport when Mike Tyson retired. Yeah, well, <laughs> or we could just sport. say, you know what? Like, you left. Now you can't come back. You can't go back because you're right. The Ooh, narrative. Don't be that mean. Don't be mean. No, let them come back. And we need to gain some new ones, man, because no, boxing is thriving, bro. I know. You're right, dude. I, I, this is me. I'm a very positive fan. People say that are positive, uh, you know, media guy because they say it to a fault. It's like, oh, you're way too positive. But no, it's not. Like the, the, the narrative that's been beaten home on, on boxing is that, like you said, best don't fight the best. But there's been so many unification bouts this year. This, we're on our way to undisputed. The only division, really, that has a lot of moving parts is welterweight because there's pieces of it. But if we, if it had it our way, Spence would have fought Pacquiao and then we would have been on our way to, to a, a big one. And I wouldn't be shocked if Spence fights Crawford next year. I mean, like the guy that like it's time is ticking. Like the guys are seeing it all around in boxing. It's like, we have to make the most money. Now we have to secure our legacy, make the most money. Now they're seeing it all over. You know, the, the networks need to fulfill their obligations. We're getting really good fights. I know this year, the summer was, a, it sucked because there were so many, you know, the wildest stuff and there was just so many cancellations and there was just Pacquiao. But if you take a look at the whole year and we're not doing this yet, but at the end of December, when we take our year, take a look back, there are going to be a ton of really, really good fights, best fighting the best. 
and we're going to see it this weekend. Canelo and Plant. You'll be there. I'm jealous. We need to hang out soon, man. I appreciate uh, everything you do for the sport. Uh, The Zone Boxing Show is great. Everyone go check it out on on The Zone. Everything you do, uh, you're an advocate. You're an ambassador to the sport, and uh, I I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on. Mm. It means a lot to me, brother. Thank you very much, man. It's my pleasure. All right, it is time to bring in the one and only Lee Groves. He is a big part of the CompuBox team. He is a boxing historian. You can catch some of his his articles in Ring Magazine. He's an author. Uh, He's a great guy. And he's with us here for Canelo Plant Fight Week. And Lee is the stats guy. You know, people look at me as the stats guy. Lee is the stats guy uh, in the pecking order at CompuBox. I think it was Bob Canobio, Lee, and then I'm just spewing out my stuff on, on social media. Lee, how you doing? It's a big fight week. Yeah, it is a big fight week, and thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, so what I want to do when we have you here is I want you to throw some throw some numbers out, throw some stats out about this fight. Maybe if someone's looking to gamble, maybe someone wants to get a better feel for this, you could throw out some interesting stats on both Canelo and Plant, and, and, and we'll react. So let's, let's get it started. Well, um, now that Manny Pacquiao has officially announced his retirement, Canelo has taken the career leads among current world champions in a number of categories. Mm-hmm. And, and keep in mind, he's just three and a half months past his 31st birthday. So chronologically speaking, he can add on to these numbers. But among current world champions, Canelo has the most career rounds fought, 425. And that's 127 more than the second place guy who is, uh, let's see, according to my notes, Juan Francisco Estrada. Wow. 127 rounds more than him. Uh, he has the, uh, the most career knockouts at 38. He has the most fights with 59. And, and here's something very significant. He has 173 championship rounds. Plant has 122 <laughs> professional rounds. Wow. I love that. I love the fact that he's only 31. He's been on the scene for such a long time, obviously made his uh, debut when he was like a teenager, what, 15 years old in, in Guadalajara. So I could see how he would, you know, accumulate 425 rounds, but there are so many champions in boxing, uh, 72 of them. Uh, and he is the leader in almost every single category besides Donaire. Right? I think Donaire has fought more champions, but only by one. And I expect Canelo to eclipse that one unless something very, very bad happens. And we don't want that. But I love that. I love that stat that he has at just 31 years old. The guy, he's like an elder statesman of the sport. He, he really is. And one other uh, stat is that he's been a professional fighter for 16 years, which translates to 51.18% of his <laughs> lifetime. Wow. And at age 31, he seems poised to be one of those rare boxing prodigies who will produce excellence in his teens, his 20s, and now his early 30s. There have been a number of uh, of, uh, fighters who have achieved great things as young men, but seem to burn out after that. Like for instance, Wilfred Benitez and Pepino Cuevas were past their primes by their mid 20s. And there are three champions who won their titles at age 19, Morris East, Chulho Kim, and Ben Villaflor. 
they had their final fights at ages 21, wow. 22, and 23, and they were out of the game. Leo Randolph won an Olympic gold medal at age 17, and he had his final fight at 22, and he never came back. So it's very special what Canelo has been able to do. He was an excellent fighter when he was a teenager, and now at 31, he is the top pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the sport, and he, he, he just seems to be getting better and better and better. Yeah, that's the scary part, is that he's, he, I think he is at his peak. He's at his all the height of his powers right now, I think. The fact that he didn't burn out uh, already, uh, is, do you think that has to do with his, his uh, style? You know, kind of more defense. It was a knock on him by his own countrymen uh, until he beat uh, Golovkin in that second fight, I believe, was he, he's not like a, he doesn't trade a lot. He, he puts an emphasis on defense, which equals uh, longevity. You know, it's been said, and Canelo has said this, that he learned more from his, uh, his one defeat against Floyd Mayweather than he has in his other many many victories mm -hmm. and i think that uh, that in many ways and in, and this is in the best sense of the word he has become the mexican mayweather i mean he uh, both of them are known by one name money and canelo right mm -hmm. both of them signed record-breaking contracts when it comes to money uh, they are the richest non-heavyweights in the sport but stylistically he has become, you know, Floyd Mayweather is the top plus minus fighter in CompuBox history. And that's the differential between the total percentage of punches that he lands as opposed to the total percentage of punches that his opponents land. Canelo is very efficient. He really is very yeah, efficient. I agree. And because of that defensive prowess, he doesn't take nearly as much punishment. And, uh, and, and thus he is able, and, and, you know, even when he has taken on an active fight schedule, there was a time where he fought four times in less than a year, mm -hmm. and yet he doesn't take the punishment and he's able to preserve himself. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as his career goes on and he faces some of these bigger 168, you know, Benavidez, uh, if he goes up to 175, the wear and tear that will have on him. But when it's all said and done, he could cl have close to 70 fights, close to 500 rounds fought. Uh, the, I mean, it's just staggering, staggering stuff. All right, what else you got for us, Lee? Here he is. Um, now, this could be also a key stat. Canelo has a very excellent history when it comes to fighting fighters who stand six feet tall or taller. Mm -hmm. He's faced four such opponents in his career. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Rocky Fielding, Sergey Kovalev, and Callum Smith. Against those men, he landed 41% of his total punches while taking only 18. He landed 50% of his power shots. That's absurd. And landed and only took 27%. He averaged 5.4 landed jabs per round to their 3.3. And this is a guy who is facing enormous reach deficits in doing that. And he landed twice as many total punches per round, 17 versus eight and a half. Almost more than twice as many power punches, 11.6 to 5.2. I mean, and then when you take his last eight fights against normal sized fighters, the numbers aren't nearly as good. Wow. Uh, yes, he's still ahead, 35 to 25 overall and 45 to 30 power, but he really prospers against taller fighters. And it's because 
he is so tremendously effective to the body. Mm -hmm. In those four fights in which he fought against taller men, he landed 173 body <laughs> shots. That's absurd. That's what it is. That's what it's going to come down to, I feel like, in this fight is because uh, the height difference with Plant is pretty substantial. The reach difference is there. And Plant is a little bit of a mover. And everyone that I'm talking to that gives Plant any chance is like, oh, he's yeah. slick. He can move. Yeah, but when you get hammered to the body like Canelo has been able to master from what the numbers are showing us, 173 body shots in 38 rounds, that's how he slows down these big guys. And if he's right in that range as a 5'8", 5'9", fighter, he's mastered that and it's working for him. And and you mentioned the height, 5'8". He's only one inch taller than Roberto Duran. And Roberto Duran was a lightweight champion. And yet he is able to prosper against these, these beanstalks, you know, <laughs> again and again and again. And the body shots really do have an effect as far as uh, your willingness to punch back. Your, your, your punch rate goes down. You're so focused on the damage that he's done to your body. It takes your legs away. Mm-hmm. It takes your willingness to exchange away. And that dovetails right into Canelo's game. You slow down to his pace, and then his accuracy, yeah. his precision takes over. That's something to keep an eye on uh, in this fight, uh, definitely, is the body work. We got something on Plant, numbers-wise? We do. We do. Uh, actually, Plant has fought uh, four super middleweight title fights. And in those fights, Plant has averaged 20.1 more punches per round. 54.3 to 34.2. And that's important because Canelo has a tendency to sort of get his way into the fight. He starts methodically. He starts slowly. He takes time to, to assess you, to download the data. And because Plant is able to, uh, to, to maintain a higher work rate, his best chance is to jump on Alvarez early flood the zone with punches, make him think more about defense than offense. And maybe you can jump to an early lead on the scorecards. Mm. And if he is able to keep this up, not beyond three rounds, but say four, five, six rounds, say he wins five of the first six rounds. Now Canelo has to win seven of, uh, you know, uh, six of the last seven rounds or something in order to win a decision. Yeah. Or he would have to go into knockout mode. Maybe he'll have he'll open up more than he is comfortable opening up with. And in that in turn, that could create openings that normally would not be there if Canelo was not in total control. Yeah, there's so fights. There's two fights, Lee, that I think of with this, with with, what you're what you're saying with with Canelo. And it's he he doesn't throw a lot of punches, Canelo. He's he's in the high 30s. He's in the high 30s. And we saw it against Kovalev and we saw it against Saunders. Mm-hmm. Canelo, when Canelo loses rounds, it's because that he just it's sheer inactivity. He's not throwing a lot of punches. He has this yeah. tight walk. He walks this tight walk where he's given up rounds, but then he throws and he's he's trusting his power late. It happened with Kovalev. Some people had him down on the cards. I I, I yeah. still had him up against uh, Saunders, but it was a somewhat close fight until he broke his orbital bone. For Plant, you know his last four fights, as you said, being able to outwork his opponent. If he like he comes out to a hot start, throws 50, 60 punches per round, he could he could make things interesting. But also the, the flip side of it is mm-hmm. Canelo's the one of the best counter punchers in, in boxing. And I would love to see Plant throw 50, 60 in those first four rounds, but you know he's he's thinking of the counter shot plant. 
Very much so. And, and, and an important component of his activity is his jab. In those four super middleweight title fights, he landed five jabs per round. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is also a fairly decent body puncher for a guy as tall as he is. His, his percentage is only 20.2%. That's, that's below the 29.5 copy box average. But he can, you know, he can change levels. And he'll need to change levels with Canelo because Canelo is a very sophisticated fighter offensively and defensively. You have to keep him guessing. You have to be a moving target. You have to change levels. You have to change positions. You cannot be trapped along the ropes. Canelo's going to try and cut the ring off on you. You have to be complex because Canelo is complex. Yeah, I'm interested in, in plants activity. I'm interested in the jab. Uh, if he's going to be pumping it out there 25, 30 times around and his defense, he's one of the best defenders at super middleweight. He really is. Uh, and, and, and uh, plant has also had experience in climbing inside a ring as a profound underdog and then overperforming. When he fought Uskatagi for the championship, Uskatagi was an overwhelming favorite. He was mm -hmm. seen as the bo boogeyman of the 168-pound division because he was a volume puncher. He, he threw punches all over the place. They didn't think that Plant had the experience necessary, uh, the level of opposition necessary to deal with uh, Uskatagi. And guess what? It was Plant who scored the knockdowns. He scored multiple knockdowns against Uskatagi. He also fought with a cut over his eye for a lot of the fight. So he showed a lot of, uh, a lot of composure in that situation. Other fighters would have broken in that situation. Caleb kept his head. Yeah. And another thing that's really impressive to me about Plant is his self-confidence. He believes in himself. He believes that he has had he has survived a terrible you know life outside the ring full of tragedy and that has given him strength and i think that emotional strength that he has has incurred during his life what's climbing into the ring against canelo alvarez compared to the things that he has experienced in his life no absolutely so i think i, I like his composure i like his confidence you know, a lot of people in his situation, you know, can, you know, they, they say, uh, well, you know, he's giving away his title and he should not be as confident as he is because Canelo is so good. I want my challengers. If, if you're going up against a pound for pound guy, I want the other guy to be confident. I want the other guy yeah. to say I can win. That makes for a better fight. You've got two guys who believe that they can win. Everything is on the line. And, uh, and I can't wait to see what happens on Saturday. You got me fired up, Lee. You got me fired up. I was ready fired up to begin with because we're now in November, and this is going to be the November to remember with all these every yeah. single weekend. We got so many big fights. We're going to be so busy at, at CompuBox. Fight fans should be happy with the slate of boxing that we're getting this weekend. Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant, Showtime pay-per-view. I hope we got you ready uh, from a numbers standpoint. It's intriguing. There are a lot of intriguing numbers. There's legacy at stake. The first ever uh, super middleweight uh, undisputed champion is on the line. I know Canelo wants that. Caleb Plant wants that. Interesting inside the ring, outside the ring. This fight really has everything. I uh, appreciate you uh, joining the show, Lee, and appreciate everyone out there tuning in this week. 
for another edition of Inside Boxing Live. We will see you next week when we react to Canelo versus Caleb Plant, and we look forward to what is going to be a very jam-packed month. Take care, everybody.